Hi, Roasties. Welcome back. Today I'm joined by uh, a great legend of Queensland, a uh, legend of the Penrith Panthers, and just an all-round legend of our game, and that's Scotty Sattler. How are you, Scotty? Hey, Dana. How are you, mate? Fantastic, mate. Getting um, jam- getting ready for a, a jam-packed weekend of footy and, um, and the grand final. So how about you? Can't wait. Can't wait because it's something special, I suppose. Um, well, two of my favourite teams, South Sydney as a kid growing up, has always been my favourite team and, and is uh, a team I still follow today. And then the Penrith Panthers, of course, um, after playing there for so many years, has um, always got a special place in my heart. So to be facing each other in a grand final and not only facing a grand final, but also doing it in southeast Queensland where I live, it's um, a bit of a dream come true to be quite honest, this, this Sunday for a, uh, a guy that's been involved in footy his whole life. So you grew up as a uh, South Sydney fan, as as plenty would know that uh, your old man John played in the uh, grand finals, played for South Sydney career and um, played in the grand finals late 60s, early 70s. How's the tension in the family this week? Yeah, it's all right. Now, listen, my dad, um, of course, it's um, he's sort of at the early stages of dementia and um, he can't remember yesterday, so it's not a bad thing at the moment. If I say anything to him or sledge him in any way, he doesn't remember it. So um, outside, you can get of away that, with a bit more now. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that, um, you know, I was talking to him yesterday, and you know, he's happy that South's in a grand final. He's 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 really happy that they haven't had to wait another, you know, thirty odd years to you know forty odd years to to win another comp. Um, so it's you know, only seven years down the track from two thousand fourteen. He's just He's just glad they're back in back in the grand final. And as that old saying goes, you know, rugby league's going well when South Sydney are going well. So uh, it's going to be interesting on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium to see the ratio of the uh, of the crowd. I think the Penrith Panthers fans will be heavily outnumbered by South fans. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I wish you send him all our best wishes from from everyone in the NRL community. Um, Obviously, you know, part of that 2003 um, Premiership side that uh, last time the Panthers won. I have to ask, um, how many times did you get asked about that tackle? Well, I don't have to get asked about it because, you know, this week, <laughs> this week, grand final week, it's always played, you know, um, with other moments throughout other uh, other years of, of grand finals. Um, but, you know, it's, it's funny. Growing up and, and going to Roosters games and playing against the Roosters, I should say, you know, they don't have... They don't have that many supporters that attend their games, but it always seems to be one week of every, one day of every week that I run into a Roosters fan that wants to heckle me or sledge me about it. Um, and I always say, well, hang on a sec, you're sledging me, but I bet you've been to encounter one hand how many games you've been to. So, um, no, I, it's usually me getting sledged by Roosters fans each week. Yeah, okay. Still, to this day, 18 years later, I remember... I remember at the 2013 grand final and uh, I was at the Manly and Roosters game and um, I was walking up the grandstand and the Roosters fans were just absolutely hammering me. And I thought, hang on a second, it's 10 years ago and on the scoreboard it shows that there's like five minutes to go and you're going to win this grand final. So when are you ever going to let it go? You've just won another grand final and you can't let it go. So. You're living in their head rent-free forever. <laughs> I was watching that. I watched it again this morning. I watched it a couple of times just to, you know, because I've, I've wanted to talk to you for a while now. And um, Andrew Voss said on the broadcast, like the first 25 minutes was like a sitting sitting front row at a heavyweight um, title fight. You know, that was just brutal. Like, you know, obviously people that tackle, but 
you know, the, the physicality of that game and the Panthers' defense and, and Luke Prittis. There's so many other talking points about that game. What do you see, like, around that team that's, you, you know, in this uh, 2021 Panthers side? A lot of similarities, I've got to say that, in relation to the players, the individual players in each side. And Vossi was right. You know, that that first 15, 20 minutes was brutal out on the field. I remember Adrian Morley was like a one-man army. Just He was just doing his best to try and um, probably decapitate every one of us every chance that he had. He was such a tough player and a great competitor. And I just remember Martin Lang getting knocked out twice in that game and and coming up with a run in the 71st minute that was just, I couldn't believe that you're still walking, to be quite honest. And, and then, like you said, you know, everyone talks about that grand final, about, about the tackle. And I, I sort of, I feel sorry for Luke Prittis because his individual performance that night is still today, I believe, one of the top three greatest individual performances you'll ever see in the grand final today. And it takes a little bit of the gloss off how, how dominant he was that night. Um, and then you look at this year's team and, and well, I'll go back to last year as well. Pretty much the same sort of side that's taking the field, you know, 90% of it. Um, but I look at the similarities, probably not, probably in a way, the way that the style that we played as well. We we weren't a great defensive side and um, we conceded a lot of points in 2003. We just got it right at the right end of the year defensively. Um, we we're the sort of side that if you scored 20, well, we'll just score 40. And let's say a little bit like this Penrith side. Um, I think they're a better defensive side than we are, like collectively across the across the field. Um, but in saying that, I look at their individual players and I look at Luke Lewis was a little bit like our Brian Toto. No one wanted to kick the ball to him because he was so good on his kick return and he had so many involvements. Now I look at Paul Momorowski, who is sort of like the unsung hero. And for us, it was Paul Fatawira, our centre. And then you look at, uh, Preston Campbell, that free freestyle running of Preston, the way that he played the game, Jerome Luai, unpredictable. And then you've got that real controlled, great kicking game, great leader, tough, great defensive halfback in Nathan Cleary, which was Craig Gower. Yeah. You've got Viliami kick out in the background, in the back row, which was Tony Paul Tool for us. Then you've got the lunatic up front, which is James Fisher-Harris. And Everyone's got to have a lunatic in their side, and ours was Martin Lang. And then you've got the crafty, the crafty hooker who takes his chances and picks his timing really well, which is Happy Coruscant and Luke Prittis. So the similarities are uncanny. When you said lunatic, I thought you might have said Joel Clinton. Uh, <laughs> he's a bit, of a bit of a lunatic, but just listening there, it's just got me, you know, chills. I can't wait for, for Sunday. Listen, um, grand final day on Sunday. You're going to be, you're going to be there. You're going, you're going to be there with the Q Cup stuff. Yes, yeah, so I'll be I'll be commentating the Intrust Super Cup for Channel Nine before it, and then I'll commentate the the um, the main game, the NRL game for SEN Radio. So yeah, uh, pretty busy uh, yep. on Grand Final day, and um, yeah, can't wait. You know, tickets are all sold out. Caxton Street, they're shutting that Saturday morning. I think it'll be an absolute zoo come Saturday night. Um, it'll be Origin like. Yeah, you know, I've got to say, Dino, I've been a little bit disappointed with the lack of excitement around i thought this week would have been a massive festival i thought it would been like a carnival of rugby league and rugby and grand finals but i sort of i've got to think that and remind myself that we've had so much rugby league in southeast queensland this year with state of origins magic round all the, the nrl that you know a lot of the rugby league public are probably a little bit saturated 
when it comes to the event. So they're just sort of taking grand final for what it is. I think Thursday, Friday, we'll see it really ramp up. It, I suppose it doesn't help that it's an all Sydney grand final as well. Like, the, you know, first time they're going to have it in, in Queensland. And it's a shame that, you know, the Queensland, a Queensland team's not there. But um, quickly on the, on the Q Cup. So we've got and Burley Bears and Winner Manly versus Tweed. Um, who's your picks in those two? And, and a couple of standout guys for, for the guys that don't normally watch it. Who are some guys to look out for? Well, uh, for the... Um, for the... For the um, Norths and, and Burley game, uh, now Norths are the minor premiers. They're coached by Rowan Smith, um, the son of Brian Smith, who had taken teams through to grand finals and never tasted success. Uh, and they won it by, I think, four or five points from memory. Um, really well-drilled side, as you'd expect from a Brian Smith uh, coach side, son's coach side. Uh, they got a really good back row. We only saw him for a short period. The Broncos called Brendan Piacora. Um, he's a tremendous, he's a tremendous uh, young back rower. He's only 18, 19 years of age. He'll play a lot of first grade next year for the Broncos. Um, and a young uh, front row called Michael Molo, who's the brother of Francis Molo. Really good player. Uh, for the Burley Bears, they're the current premiers because there was no comp last year and they won the comp in 2009. Jamal Fogarty led, led them to that grand final in 2019, now playing NRL. And um, for the Burley Bears, they're just a really good team collectively across the park. Um, they've got a, um, a good little hooker and a halfback in the name of Tanner Boyd. He played a little bit of first grade this year for the Gold Coast Titans and a, a really reliable fullback by the name of Curtis Rowe, who played a couple of first grade games for the West Tigers uh, some years ago. He's a really good player. So, but they're just a really good team across the park. And then, um, and then you've got Tweed Seagulls who finished fourth. Now, it's a really interesting story, this one, because they're the Tweed Seagulls sit on the New South Wales side of the Queensland New South Wales border. So they've been one of the oldest clubs in rugby league history. It's 1909, I think they came into the comp. And um, because they're based on the New South Wales side of the border, 80% of their playing squad lives in Queensland. So they've had to move the club to the Queensland side of the border, find another place to train and play their home games. And anyone that lived in New South Wales wasn't allowed to train and play with them. It was only as of last week, two days before their final last week against Redcliffe, that they got some exemptions for players to travel across for, to play only and then get back across the border. So they beat Redcliffe, who are the feeder club of the Warriors, and go through the grand final qualifier. They've got a really good little hooker by the name of Brent Wolf. He's the son of the coach, Ben Wolf. Really good player. Um, and... They'll, yeah, they'll go up against Winner Manly Seagulls, so two Seagulls teams. They call it the Battle of the Chip. And <laughs> um, Winham Seagulls are a feeder club of the Brisbane Broncos, like North Devils are. Now, they have a star-studded lineup. They've got a lot of current NRL players, Selwyn Cobbo, Jesse Arthurs, um, you know, Isaac Luke plays for them. They've got a lot of, just to name a few, they've got a lot of NRL players. TC Rabadi, uh, who finished off with the Bronx. So, yeah, they've got a lot of really, uh, really good NRL players that are, and young NRL players that are playing in their side. So um, it's there's going to be two really good games actually. Out of the two games, I think I think Burley and Winner Manly will probably be the two teams that win those games and go through to the grand final. Some interesting stories there, like you're saying with the the Tweed and um, and that. It's going to be how they go on grand final day. It would have been great to see you know the Q Cup grand final winner, but it's great to see we get two more games of footy it's, for the General fan, we get, get more footy. But, uh, yeah, some, some great picks. I was hoping you'd pick up 
Tammy Costa from uh, from Burley. It's funny she's you should say my, that. My hometown, so yeah, uh, that, that's who, that's my pick. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you say that. Actually, he got our player of the match last week for Burley. Just one of those number thirteens um, who just flies under the radar and just does a heap of work. A lot of the work that goes unnoticed. He's a yeah, he's a real good work workhorse, and he's one of those guys that yeah, everyone in their side just knows how important he is to the side. Yeah, he's been toiling away up there for for a fair, fair few years. So, mm-hmm. but uh, now onto the big one. How much you know the loss last year to the Panthers? Um, you know, will that haunt them, or or because it's not against the Storm this year, it's sort of easier to forget? Completely different preparation. It's interesting, actually. Um, interviewing Cameron Seraldo, the assistant coach from the Penrith Panthers, and just sort of saying, "Is this year completely different? Do you, do you not learn? You don't have to learn much from last year because of." having to uproot your whole lives and move to southeast Queensland, it's a completely different preparation. Yeah, you know, I, I really think that the Panthers overcooked it last year. They were so excited, you know, they but I think they the preparation and building up, I thought they went I think they went too hard into the preparation. Uh, a lot of motivational stuff, guest speakers, whatever it may be, when the closer you get to grand final, the the more uh, simplistic you've got to make it. Uh, Wayne Bennett just masters in simplicity. He just makes it so easy for everyone. He takes the heat off them. He'll make a comment in the press that everyone will focus on Wayne and not on the team. And um, he just keeps his players relaxed. And um, so with Penrith Panthers, I think I think they're in uncharted waters again when it comes to preparing for a grand final. If they were all based in Sydney, and this was based in Sydney, this game, I truly believe they would have learned a little bit from last year's preparation. But because this year is completely different... Um, you can probably control the narrative a little bit more because there's not enough, there's not much access to the clubs because they're in their own little bubbles. Yeah. So that might that might work in favour of the Penrith Panthers to be quite honest, but it, it is still uncharted waters this year when it comes to preparing for your grand final. Even for the bunnies, it's it's different for them. You know, having to be in their own little protocol, their own little bu- the bubble that they've got to prepare differently. So, yeah. um, you know, playing playing a lot of rugby league together over the years does. Yeah, it does work in your favour. I think Penrith deserve to go in as favourites, not because of last year, and but because they've they've come into this game really battle hardened against a loss against South, conceded sixteen points, conceded six against Parramatta, and kept a record breaking Melbourne Storm side in attack to six points as well. So, I think they deserve to come in as favourites. You are speaking about Wayne. You know, I read a story. You know, the 2014 grand final, he sort of got all the media out into one sort of corner and started talking to them while the, you know, a lot of the players got on the bus and drove away without him just to take that pressure off. Would he be loving all these mind games that will be going on this week? Well, I think, you know, the, the fortunate part for Ivan is that he tried to he tried to rattle the cage of... I think I don't, I don't think he, he, he meant to do it uh, in any sort of harmful way, but what he did do is he rattled the cage of Wayne and he went into the press conference first and then had the ability and then gave the ability for, for Wayne to have a response after that. And he's the master. He's yep. the master of manipulation, uh, Wayne. And um, he's a very intelligent man. And so uh, this week, yeah, to be quite honest, being up here in Southeast Queensland, I haven't heard anything. You're not reading much about it at all. And, and I think that's the way that Wayne wants it. He wants to know that he's not reading stories about his players. And if he knows that things are starting to get out of hand, he'll pick a fight. Yeah. And he just knows that if he if he picks a fight, the media are gonna are gonna jump on the back of it. You know, he's got a couple of really close media colleagues that he that he um 
has the ability to to get whatever you know narrative or or theory across you know, the, in the days leading up to. I still think we're going to read something come Thursday or Friday leading into this grand final that's going to all of a sudden just you know make the headlines and and take our focus away from what's going to happen on Sunday. In the media, you know, like you know when they come out and say something like that, it's great to get behind and. And, and focus on that. It builds it builds it up for, for Sunday. Um, I suppose let's have a look at Panthers real quick. Where do they win the game? Through their forwards. I think their forwards are younger, faster, more agile, um, a lot more energy in their game as well. So I think when you look at the likes of Isaiah Yo and um, Viliami Kikau and Liam Martin, um, James Fisher Harris. Uh, young Spencer Lino, they're really quick across the ground for forwards. Grand finals go to another level when it comes to intensity and speed. You, you know, you've got origin and then just underneath it's a grand final when it comes to speed. And you've got to be quick across the ground. You've got to be, you know, you've got to win every play of the ball. And you can only do that through speed and your ability to be agile in the in the contact. And I think I think Penrith are a, a lot more agile and, and quicker across the ground than what what South are. Now South can play at a breakneck speed as well, but they have to win. They have to win that middle part. I mean, it's an old cliche in rugby league that if South win that middle part of the game, just through the middle of the field, through the you know your Tom Burgesses and your Junior Tatolas and and Mark Nichols and those sort of players, if they can win that, well, that then just allows Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker to play at will and do what they have to do and do it really well. If you just if you stop their onslaught really early and get in their face and and outmuscle them. Cody's playing off the back foot and, and Adam Reynolds is playing off the back foot. And, and when you've got a, you know, those really key playmakers playing off the back foot, it's really easy to get up in their face and, and try and nullify them. What a lot of teams do is they sit back and they, they watch South Sydney play. They go through the hands and all of a sudden they realise that the speed gets on the outside of you and, and it's too hard to stop so close to the try line. And I, what I think Penrith will do, they'll just use their, their youth and enthusiasm just to get up off the line, put their put some real pressure on on um, on the bunnies and not allow them to to work up their speed. I I'll tell you what, if I anticipate, I anticipate South Sydney knowing that that especially on their left hand side that Penrith will get up really hard in their face defensively. I've got no doubt really early on the game, Cody will just drop a nice little early early kick over on tackle three, tackle four, just to try and keep that Penrith defensive line honest. So I think early on the game my prediction will be if they've got a chance early on, Cody will put a little kick in just to try and stop them from coming up really quickly. So I think they win it in the forwards yep. overall. Going to be really interesting and going to be a couple of great battles there. Look, I'll, uh, I'll finish off by asking who's your pick for the for the match and uh, who's your Clive Churchill medalist? I want to say Penrith 28-16. And my I can't decide between Appy Coruscant and Jerome Luai. I like the way Luai played last night. And if it's played at a really quick speed, I think Luai is the Clive Churchill medalist. Nice, yep. Uh, mate, look, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I cannot wait till Sunday. Um, thank you on your um, family history and the game and everything like that. I really appreciate your time. All the best for Sunday and um, we'll talk again soon, mate. Yeah, love the uh, love the podcast and uh, love all your love all your posts as well. Thanks, mate. Trying to keep the uh, fans entertained. So.